<laughs> Maybe. That's a deep cut reference. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a deep cut. Um, let me just open up the handy dandy spreadsheet. Okay, I'm good to go. Okay, yeah, I'm good. Um, hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that came to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and we're all out of gum. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother, Peter. Here. Hey, man. Um, so, uh, I, uh, I'm going through a bit of a job change. Yeah. So my life is completely in upheavals, and it's crazy. <laughs> the new job's great, but it's got me, like, Putting the show together was difficult, um, and that's just because of time constraint. But we're here, we're ready to go. So, um, what do um, what do you watch this week? How about that? <laughs> I haven't watched a ton. Um, I'm actually all caught up on Riverdale, so I've watched like through I think the third episode of uh, season four, which is where we're at right now. Which um, I don't know. I like this show. It's ridiculous, but it's entertaining consistently, and I think that's the best I could say about it. I talked last week about how it's like Riverdale's just a big cartoon world where nothing realistic ever happens, even though it all technically could happen, and I enjoy that, but the best thing I can say is I'm always entertained. Um, I was really amused how on the Halloween episode they had a... Um, like there's a apparently a boy like a parody of the movie The Boy is like a big plot point this season, which oh. is really bizarre. <laughs> so if the if the listeners yeah. don't know don't know the movie you know, The Boy is I the one when I was those those pieces of those episodes did not I didn't even think about the boy when oh, I was really? watching those episodes. I've seen that movie. Um I just <laughs> if I you're unfamiliar with it. The Boy, it's the one where uh Maggie from The Walking Dead uh, house sits for an elderly couple who have a doll of a boy that she has to take care of as well as the house, and she ends up believing the boy is actually possessed or haunted or something, and starts, you know, the doll starts showing up in weird places and stuff, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's happening on Riverdale as <laughs> well now. There's also well, a part where uh, Jughead got barely buried alive, and there's just a lot of weird stuff going on, so, so that's really fun. Let me let me start with this. You hate the musical episodes. Oh, which I, is, absolutely. Which is fine. Um, but what um, what did you think of season three as a whole? Oh, actually, yeah, that's actually I meant to. I was th- because been, season no. three, season one by far is the best season of that show. You think so? Absolutely. And I could, okay, I can I, I know what you mean because I think from episode 1 to whatever episode the season ends on, it's consistently like the same level of quality throughout. Right. And like that was probably my biggest problem with season 3 as I felt like there's this very long like lull section in the middle of the season. And season two did the same thing. And I have a feeling it's because they went from that 13-episode first season to 20-episode seasons. Yeah, I agree and there's a da- And there's some downtime, unfortunately. But that first season, in my opinion, is the best. However, uh, season three, because of the Dungeons & Dragons nonsense that was going on... Yeah. The weirder the show got, the more excited <laughs> I was to watch week to week, and yeah. I loved all of it well, all the way to the end. That's the thing is, like, season three, I think, subject matter-wise, I've enjoyed more than any other season, but 
there is this thing where the first half of the season, there's like a lot of momentum that just keeps building up and building up and all this crazy Gargoyle King nonsense. And then you come to this lull section in the middle and I kind of got bored for like a couple episodes. Like I almost dropped off, but then I was like, no, I just have to finish it. Like I got to do it for the Gargoyle King. I have to figure out what this is all about. And so I stuck with it and, you know, finished it and I was glad. But no, I agree with you. I actually had the same thought. Like I think they're taking... It's almost like they're taking a 13-episode story and stretching it out to, like, 23, and maybe there's just a little too much filler in there. I don't know exactly what it is, but I w- I'm right there with you. I think they, like, the season's, like, too long for the story that they had, and hopefully that's not a problem moving forward. Like, this season, um, I think, has been pretty solid so far, from what I can tell, although I don't know what the main conflict is necessarily yet so we'll see where it yeah goes. um the, with my biggest my only complaint with the show right now is that all previous seasons have had like this concise story that is like oh we're doing this cool we're going yeah. here we're, we're you know and you're you're intertwined in what's going on everything feels very spread out mm-hmm. right now it really does it just feels spread out and not yeah like collected <laughs> the way the other episodes were because each character has something going on and it's almost like there could be a separate series about each character at this point where there's like this character's off doing this thing and this character yeah. is doing something completely different. And that's that's different. my only problem with the show right now, but I'm still like, ooh, Riverdale's on, got to watch it. Right. <laughs> so. right. Cuz it's it's also a level of like I have to figure out or I have to see what the heck they're going to do next on this freaking <laughs> right. show. And it's funny that and and I believe you probably said this a couple weeks ago, but it, I'm waiting not I don't know if I would watch it, but I'm waiting for them to do the Scooby Doo like Oh, yeah, yeah. A television show or a Scooby-Doo episode where, like, the gang from Scooby-Doo actually appears in Riverdale. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know, has Scooby-Doo and Archie ever crossed over at all? Probably. Why would they? See, and I'm thinking probably not, but Scooby-Doo and Batman crossed over, so... In the comics, um, like, Archie's crossed over with the Predator and the Punisher and just weird stuff, so I mean... I know. Yeah, I mean, hopefully. That'd be cool. Um, The other thing I watched is, uh, this was actually yesterday at work. We just watched. So Hulu does this thing where you put a movie on, and then it just auto-plays, like, another random movie. So at the beginning of the day yesterday, I watched, or I put on uh, Ghostbusters while I was at work because it was just kind of this thing where we needed something to watch. (laughs) I didn't know what to pick, but I'm like, oh, cool, Ghostbusters is here. Always great. Ghostbusters is always awesome. It led right into the second movie, which I still really enjoy, but I understand the critiques of the second movie kind of hitting all the exact same plot points as the first one. Like, yeah. I, I love the second movie, but it does have that sequelitis to an extent. And then it went to this movie called Mirror Mirror with Jessica Roberts, or Julia Roberts, and it's like a uh, oh the that's Snow like White a, movie. Yeah. That movie was weird. I don't know about that one. But then it went to the movie Matilda for some reason, and we were watching Matilda at work. And have you seen the movie Matilda from yes. back in the day? Yeah. So this is a movie that one of my coworkers had never seen, and I was telling her, like, yeah, it's really good, but I don't know if it's a movie that would live up to your expectations if you didn't grow up with it. But then I started thinking and watching the movie, and I realized, like, I think Matilda is just, like, a really solid movie. Like, I think it's, like, it is a kid's movie, but I just was thinking about, like, how many scenes in that movie are so memorable and so great, and just how great the uh, characters are. Like, every th- like you pick one of the characters from that movie, and everything they do, like, 
fits perfectly with who they are and it defines them and the character design is great and it's just like i was like actually maybe you'd really like matilda if you watched it as an adult and i kind of still stand by that so it's just kind of a revelation i had yesterday that like this is a really good the movie, movie and it's, the movie got better i um <clears throat> I've seen it fairly recently for some reason, but <laughs> yeah. it, it got better. Like, I feel like it, as an adult, I enjoyed it more. Because you notice a lot of things. And Probably. Like, in a kid's, like, as a kid, you're watching a movie and there's, like, an evil principal who, like, tortures our kids and you don't realize that's, like, really effed up, for <laughs> lack of a better time. But as an adult, like, you see it and you realize the sarcasm and you, like, realize, yeah. like, a lot of little details. And then I just kept thinking about the... Uh, the one scene where the one kid has to eat the cake. Yeah. Like, that's one of... That's such a good scene. Like, that's so... That's, like, a, something that's been burned into my memory for years because it's just such a good, like, scene. And it's really weird, like... You wouldn't think a scene where somebody eats a cake would seem that <laughs> traumatic and stuff, but they did a good job of it. And I don't know if it's, like... If that's from the director or writers of the movie, or if it just comes from Roald Dahl and like how good yeah. his writing was, so yeah, absolutely. Um, how about you? That's about it for me. So the only thing week, outside of so keeping up with the shows that I normally watch as I can, the only show, the only thing that I watched uh, that was new-ish um, is I watched a movie called Stuber. Okay. Do you know what this is? <laughs> it sounds familiar, but I'm not okay. sure. So. Um, this is a comedy with uh, Dave Bautista and Kamel Nanjani. Okay. And Kamel Nanjani, is, he plays his character named Stu, and he's an Uber driver. <laughs> this is where you get the title, <laughs> Stuber, yeah. uh, because his coworker calls him Stuber. Um, he his, at his at his actual job at his retail job, yeah. his coworker calls him Stuber because he drives an Uber, and um, he's just doing it for extra cash. And Dave Bautista is a cop who just got LASIK eye surgery. But he's, like, so old school, he doesn't really know what Uber is. So he calls an Uber to get him to take him to, like, a crime scene. Okay. And he pays for thinking, like, it's a cab. He tries to pay Kamel Nanjani to basically drive him around, like, yeah. a cab for the sake of the movie. And then okay. he goes on this, like, crazy police adventure with this, you know, oh, okay. kind of violent and whatnot. It's it's really fun. Um, <laughs> it just sounds so random. It is. I like, it's uh, really, like, the movie is hilarious, like, from the beginning to the end. It's really funny just because... Kamal Johnny's delivery and his lines, they're so great. Like, he's always great, but, like, the way he delivers his lines and him being, like, this new age tech guy dealing with this old school cop that doesn't understand the tech world, it was just really, like, a good mashup, so. Okay, cool. I mean, I like both of those actors a lot. Um, and then like, Karen Gillan yeah. is also in the movie at the beginning. Okay. So Karen Gillan plays another cop, and her and Dave Bautista are doing this thing together, and I'm like, oh, it's Nebula and Drax doing a <laughs> <Right>. thing. <laughs> right. Which I guarantee she was in the movie specifically as like a cameo for that bit. Like, hey, let's have Nebula and Drax go do this. What thing. did you What did you watch this on, or is this? It on was like, on demand. I just rented okay. it. Via I don't know Comcast. if it's on like at Redbox or something. I'm, uh, you I, like, probably can Redbox. I kind it, but... of want to watch it just out of curiosity because it just seems so vague and just random. I guess the plot that you laid. Out yeah, there, no, but... that's that's the it is. It's vague and random. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it was just it was just a really funny movie. So for a good like quick hour and a half, a little bit maybe a little bit longer, just shy of two hours, just a movie to like turn your brain off and, and laugh a bit. It was good, nice. Um, so last week, um, there was a, an announcement 
that I saw right before we hit the record button that some piece of news was going to be dropping. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Um, and as soon as we turned off the microphones, and I was I was waiting for it the whole time we were recording, and then as soon as we turned off the microphones, the news hit. Mm-hmm. Two pieces of giant news. You want to talk about that real quick? Do you know what those things are? Uh, Do you remember? Probably. I, I, I remember know. texting yeah. you like right <laughs> away. So a Green Lantern TV series... Produced by Arrowverse's Greg Berlanti is in the works for HBO Max. Yeah, I do remember you texting me about this. This is cool. Um, I think you're a much big, much bigger Green Lantern fan than I am, so it's exciting for me. But mm-hmm. I'm not like super excited. So, like I'm just, I it's cool. I'll check. This it out, is where yeah. this is where we have this going for us. One, I'm a big Green Lantern fan. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited to see this universe become a thing. <laughs> Two, Greg Berlanti being in charge of the Arrowverse and the amazing stuff they've done over there. He's getting a bigger budget to do this. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this could be amazing. Um, the downside to this is is that they were going to do a Green Lantern core film. I have a feeling that this is going to... Now, I, there's no confirmation and I haven't read anything about it, but I have a feeling that this could cancel the film. Yeah. And then we would just have the Green Lantern Court television series. The other scary... To, see, okay, to me, I actually would would be more excited for the show than the film, though. Because and that's, I feel like yeah. that's just so much more content you're getting. Sure, and you know? I agree. The other scary part is that um, it's being produced for HBO Max. And we've already talked about the fate of the DC Universe streaming mm. service. Now, because the DC Universe streaming service has the comics, I don't see it going away anytime soon, but putting stuff only on HBO Max and not both or combining them in some... You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they, I really think they need to figure out what they have going on there because both companies, both streaming services are owned by the same company. How much of an announcement was it? Did they just release, like, a image that said, like, Green Lantern show coming out? or Basically. Like- because oh, I'm curious if it's like, this but it did. Where... But the but the write up did say directly to HBO Max, and okay. it's them going, "We want content for HBO Max," which I get. Yeah, because they have to throw their hat into the ring and yes. uh, try to, you know, get people to subscribe <laughs> to their service. And I don't know if it's if it didn't say it's going to be on DC Universe, maybe it won't. But then I also wonder, like. Is it going to be on both, but they're just advertising it on HBO Max because they just want people to subscribe for that as soon as they can? Can they even do that? I'm not really sure, but yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Now, the other thing that I read about HBO Max, and I'm real curious about this because the, the article I read was very vague and I don't know how it works. I am a Comcast customer, um, and I'm not an AT&T U-verse customer. But there's an article that I found that said that if you are an HBO subscriber, you get access to HBO Max for free. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. But the article is the deeper I read, it sounded like you had to be an AT&T U-verse customer to get that deal. So the article was kind of misleading on both fronts. So I don't entirely know because I, I'm an, I'm Comcast and I'm an HBO subscriber, but I'm not AT&T U-verse. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know, but I use AT&T <laughs> for my phone, so maybe there's, like, some loophole. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. Um, so we'll see how that all plays out in the ever, never-ending streaming wars. Um, <laughs> the other piece of news that dropped literally after we turned off the microphones is I thought it was really funny because you and I were talking about how the Game of Thrones prequel series 
Age of Heroes is dead. Yeah. Okay, but we're like, oh, hey, they're still potentially planning this other thing about House Targaryen. Mm -hmm. Well, right after we turned off the microphones, what did they say? Breaking news. Game of Thrones prequel House of the Dragon, HBO's second prequel, was announced <laughs> and um, was announced taking place 300 years before the Game of Thrones television show that just ended, and it tells the story of House Targaryen and Westeros. George Martin is involved. This is here's what's interesting: the Age of Heroes prequel that they were doing about the Long Night, like going way back to the first White Walkers. That was they did a pilot. They sh they filmed a pilot. And apparently HBO said, nope, we're not going to do that. Um, there has been no pilot film for House of the Dragon, and it's got a straight-to-series <laughs> order. Because that's the one that uh, George is behind. Probably, right? and it's got a straight-to-series order. Awesome. And it's titled House of the Dragon. Amazing. Like, that's just, it just sounds cool, and the logo's amazing, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, at least the logo right now looks great. I just... I'm really excited, and it's based off the um, the book Fire and Blood by George R. R. Martin, and he's involved. So um, while we're waiting, I have already picked up Fire and Blood, and I can't wait to start reading. Did you get the hardcover version? Yes, I did I because that, it's um, gorgeous. Yeah, I saw that book. It looks really cool, and it's like a nice collectible. And it's like I didn't realize that because it's obviously a book for adults but they have like a lot of illustrations in there that look really awesome as well so yeah yeah i want to check that one out sometime soon too but this series i'm so excited for because uh i mean i loved the original game of thrones series and i'm glad they're making more in that world you know it's just well it's that's, so exciting so know? game of thrones for me and this is the thing with the books whether it's the books or the television show it's a universe that i just want more of and it's a universe that's so dense. Now, I don't want it to get overkilled. I don't want to start reading a book about the adventures of Hot Pie. But um, <laughs> but the, the world is so dense yeah. that it's a world that I constantly want to hear more about. So taking, hey, let's do a story 300 years before. I'd love to read a book that's just Robert's Rebellion. I mean, yeah, most of it was covered in dialogue in the show or in the books we read anyway. But I'd still read a book about Robert's Rebellion. Mm -hmm. Or sure. like... Um, and, you know, the show Fire and Blood is probably going to cover Aegon's conquer, Aegon's um, conquest of Westeros. But there's still more around there that, like, just out of curiosity, like, you know, it yeah. just makes me excited. I do, I do want them to, unless it's like they can build a lot of mystery into it, but I do like the aspect of not knowing where the show, whatever, like, shows they actually make, like, not knowing exactly where they're headed, like, right. is an exciting thing, so... I agree with you, like, I don't want to get, like, everything laid out for me. I do want more content, but I would like it if it's kind of, like, stuff that we can all speculate about again and, all you know, all that excitement, you know, so. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Sony Animation revealed a sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse coming April 8th, 2022. That's cool. it. Yeah, that's exciting. That's I it. mean, who didn't think that was going to happen? That's the thing is, like, critically, Spider-Verse did so well. I don't know if it sold a ton at the box office, but it is, like, this... I don't know if it's a sleeper hit or what you'd call, but I know, like, hearing about, like, its box office returns, and it wasn't as big as you'd think with, um... As, like, when you think of the crazy, uh, like, superhero, like, box office returns for superhero movies, 
it was I don't think Spider-Verse seemed like it was on that level, but I don't know what it was compared to other like animated kids movies or whatever. And what I do know is it won an Oscar for best animated film of all time and it made a ton of money at the box office. Well, that's so what the, I was just saying so is the like the fact that they like no surprise to me that they're making a sequel. Did it make like box office wise I I feel like I didn't hear, and maybe I just saw like opening weekend. You know what? But I feel Entertain like the people <laughs> while I check. Box well, I was just saying like I feel like it didn't make as much as you'd think when you think of it as a superhero movie. But if you think of it as like a smaller budget or not a smaller budget, like a uh, animated movie, maybe it did make like a ton. So, and I'm just kind of going off of what I was left with the impression with. So I might be completely wrong. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I'm looking for it now. Either way, like I was saying, like critically, this movie did amazing. I thought it was amazing. Everybody I've talked to has seen it, has loved it except for one of my friends. And I don't know what his problem is, but, um, yeah, overall, like this is just great news and I'm glad it's happening, you know? Um, into the spider verse. Domestic opening, okay. There's a $90 million budget. Um. <laughs> Another uh, episode where we Google things. <laughs> uh, original release. It is... Um, oh yeah, it did It did really well. Worldwide, it made $375 million. Okay. Worldwide, um, I, domestic I must, was 190 million, and international was another 185 and it, million. It must have been like I must have been like remember seeing the opening weekend, and I have not been. I have not been to uh, Box Office Mojo in a while, so they've completely changed the <laughs> um, web the web page. It's completely revamped. So I'm like, <laughs> where do I go? You you've heard it here first. <laughs> no, but I was just saying like I must have been thinking of like maybe it was the opening weekend box office numbers I saw and I remember thinking like really that's lower than I thought, but I mean it's I'm glad it was so successful and we're getting that sequel, so Oh wow, they really uh <laughs> cool. No, it's just I'm I'm now like completely like infatuated with the revamp of Box Office Mojo and <laughs> Um, um, yeah. Well, don't don't spoil what you're reading next week. Yeah, right. No, I'm, I need to I need to get off that and like pay attention to the show because we have a show to do. Um, okay, so do you remember this uh, Witcher television series? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm actually really excited. I'm really song. excited, and I keep forgetting it's out there. Really? Like it's hitting in December, but I keep forgetting it's coming. So, like, every now and then a piece of news will drop, like, oh, yeah, The Witcher! Like, I <laughs> um, This was just exciting news. Um, I'm excited for this to begin with, but I was excited to see that they are planning... The showrunner um, says that she has seven seasons planned uh, for the show, um, for Netflix. So, we're getting seven seasons of this. And that... Literally, there's not much to that story other than we're getting seven seasons of The Witcher. Yeah, it's um, really exciting. I've, uh... They released a new trailer for it um, a week or two ago, I think. I don't know if you saw the second trailer, but um, in my impression, it just looked better than the first, and it's another thing where I don't know a lot about the story. It looks really dark. It looks really cool. A lot of the set pieces and action and stuff just looks awesome. Um, I have a friend who's like a big... They did. I did see an article that it's going to be more horror element than sci-fi, or like the fantasy element, I mean. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and that's what, I, I love that sort of thing, and I've got a friend who's actually a big fan of the video games, who, he was saying, like, Henry Cavill sounds exactly like he's supposed to, and he's really into it, and this is a friend who's, like, kind of, like, pretty critical of things, so that makes me even more excited for it, you know, like, this, the trailers have been pleasing you, and those, like, hard-to-please friends, I think is pretty cool, so. Right. Um, well, this, um... So let's uh, let's move on from there. Uh, speaking of fantasy, um, you like Dungeons and Dragons, right? Yeah, I haven't played okay. in years. To be sure, honest, no, but. but you like Dungeons and Dragons. Have you listened? Have you watched the um, on uh, streaming on Twitch? Have you either watched and or listened to the podcast Critical Role? I've listened a little bit. Um, so at our house, we were paint like re. Uh, we were painting two rooms. We were basically, like, refinishing two rooms in our house. And while I was working on that, I listened a little bit to Critical Role. But it kind of seems like this very big, daunting thing. And it's not like... There's other podcasts I've listened to that are, like, don't follow any sort of storyline. So it's easy to just, like, jump in at the new, newest right. episode. So I listened a little bit to it. I liked what I heard, but then it kind of seemed... And I feel like Critical Role, it's probably something that you could just jump into... But because it's that role-playing format, I feel like I have to go into the first episode, so that's the only thing. Yeah, so um, I jumped into Critical Role. Um, luckily, I got in, because they're on Campaign 2. Okay. I jumped in right at the beginning of Campaign 2. Like, right at the beginning. So it was so when they started Campaign 2, I was like, oh, cool, I'm not missing out on anything, because it was yeah. all new characters and that kind of stuff. Um, it's basically voice actors from fam video games and cartoons and stuff getting sitting around a table playing Dungeons and Dragons and recording the audio. Um, so I am behind on the show probably about maybe six or seven episodes, and they're very lengthy episodes. They're like three <laughs> hours, three to four yeah. hours long. That's why I'm behind. But um, I really like the show. Um, yes, you could probably just jump in as long as you play, pay attention to the previously on, but you're not going to know the characters right away, so it might be a little bit of a struggle as you listen for the first couple times. But it's a lot of fun to listen to. Um, however, they put up a thing about doing an animated television series and threw it up on Kickstarter. Kickstarter? I think it was Kickstarter. Um, uh, I don't know that much. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Kickstarter. They threw up a thing saying, hey, we were thinking about doing this as an animated series. Um, we want to do... I don't. It was a very small number that they were trying to achieve to get the animated stuff done. And it is the number one uh, grossing Kickstarter. Like, they raised, like, almost $2 million, like, overnight. Like, well, well beyond what they were asking for, because people just kept pumping money into it and going, do this, do this, do yeah, this. Yeah, um, The series is going to be called Vox Machina, uh, which is another, if you listen to Critical Role, you know what that is. Um, but it's been ordered for 24 episodes spread across two seasons on Amazon Prime. So that's 12 episodes a season. On, like, that's, that's awesome that they're going to go that far, because I, when you listen to the show and they talk about it before... In the beginning of the show, they'll talk about some news stuff, and then they actually do their episode. So when they talk about it on the show, it always sounds like, guys, it's coming, this takes a long time, bear with us, that kind of thing. It makes it sound like they're not going to do a lot, and now they're doing, like, 24 episodes. Well, yeah. I mean, know. if they made all that money, like, they might as well, right? Oh, right, so. exactly. And it's just, 
I just thought that was really cool that it's happening, um, and I'm really excited for it. So yeah. I can't wait to actually see it when it hits. So like I was saying, I came into uh, so I've listened to like barely any of Critical Role, but I listened to it a bit. But uh, I pretty much came to this new story because I saw this as well before we recorded as like an outsider and like knowing what Critical Role was, and I saw they're doing an animated series. That's pretty neat. And then I started looking at it, and I don't know if their Kickstarter videos show the animation or what they've released, but from what I've seen, like, the character designs and, like, the way it, like, the animation looks, looks really cool. Like, it just totally looks like a show, like, even if I had no idea what Critical Role, role was, just based sure. on how it looks, I'm like, yeah, I'd, I'd watch this. This looks awesome. So I'm definitely excited about this one, but, yeah. Right. Um, I'm looking for a... Uh story but while we move on um so next so you're planning on checking out disney plus right yeah okay so as we record this episode it's very important to notice note that as the recording this episode it's november 7th 2019 we are days away from disney plus we are five (laughs) days away from disney plus launching um (laughs) So that means by the time this episode drops, we will have seen at least two episodes of The Mandalorian. <laughs> okay. The Mandalorian, well, possibly three. The way The Mandalorian schedule yeah. is, is they're releasing on Fridays, but Disney Plus releases on a Tuesday. So we're going to get Mandalorian episode one, the day of launch, and then that next couple of days is going to be Friday. They're going to release the second episode. So by the time we sit down to, by the time this episode drops, we could have seen three episodes. Um... I can't wait. I'm really excited. I'm getting more and more excited as we get closer. Um, and I pre-ordered it, and I still don't really know how I'm logging in yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have an idea, but um, yeah. So um, anyway, the reason I brought up uh, Disney Plus is because Kevin Feige made this ridiculous announcement. Now, we all know that on the Disney Plus app, we're getting The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, Loki, What If, Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, and God knows what other Marvel shows they're going to be putting mm-hmm. on this. Kevin Feige's statement, if you want to understand the future of the Marvel movies, you will need a Disney Plus subscription. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So right. where I didn't have to watch the Netflix shows to follow the Avengers films, yeah, I now have to. Where I didn't have to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I now have to. I mean, I'm going to naysay this one, and I'm going to press <laughs> X to doubt here. I think there's no way that you're not going to be able to understand the big movies without getting the subscription. I hear that, and I feel like that's Kevin Feige being a company man, which there's nothing wrong with it, but he, yeah. he wants people to get this subscription just as much as Disney or anybody else, so he's going to say that. I'm sorry to be like take the negative approach, <laughs> but that's just what I hear from it, you know? Right, and when I saw that, I was like, oh, man, Feige. <laughs> and it's it's like, I don't know, I'm, I guess I've got a little bit of a contrarian uh, streak in me when I hear somebody say like you will need to get this description or this subscription to understand what's going on and I'm just sitting here like well watch me I won't get it <laughs> we'll right. see if I understand right. so. <laughs> well we'll see how this all plays out with Marvel yeah um, but let's move on to DC because that that's all I have for Marvel but okay let's move on to DC for a second because the Batman is shaping up with the wildest cast Ever. And I don't know if you've seen any of the casting news that broke this week. Yeah, I've seen some. There's some weird stuff going this, on. This okay. is crazy. So <laughs> let's... And I don't want to, I don't want to like... Because, you know, when we were talking about um, 
we were talking about like the CW crossover and we were finding out casting announcements. We were just yeah. getting excited because of what was coming. This is a situation where we're going to talk about some casting because it's getting crazy as it goes. Like, I I want to believe the casting department, mm-hmm. but what scares me about this casting, and you'll understand why in a minute, is that the last time we had a casting of this caliber, we got Batman and Robin. <laughs> oh, um, okay. Okay, so Batman and Robin, George Clooney, Chris O'Donnell, Uma Thurman, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I mean, Alicia Silverstone. Like, they are going to have to take another approach in this new movie, right? To distance uh, themselves from all the previous Batman well, films. Well, so it's interesting. Maybe that we, it's going to be like Batman and Robin. It's, it's interesting <laughs> that you say that because we talked last week about how it's directly connected to Suicide Squad. Yeah. And Suicide Squad has all these returning characters from the other movies, so it's got to be somewhat connected in a way, so it can't be too different. That's true. I just feel like... There's got to be a visual language there. And that's what, I guess, do we even have a clear answer how this movie is connected to Suicide Squad, though? None. So then that's why I was still thinking of it as being a separate universe. Aside from James Gunn saying it's directly connected, no, we don't. Okay. Um, But let's talk about this. So we know that Robert Pattinson is Batman, Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman, Paul Dano is playing the Riddler. Confirmed. Confirmed. Commissioner Gordon is being played by Jeffrey Wright from Westworld. Awesome. I was totally (laughs) down with that. Okay. This is where it gets crazy. Matthew McConaughey playing Harvey Dent slash (laughs) Two-Face. Wait, really? Yes. Why did, when did when was this announced? This, this hit like this hit like maybe two days prior to us recording this. My problem with this is I, some of the reports say rumor and some of them say confirmed. So I've right now of, I'm gonna say Harvey Matthew McConaughey is Harvey Dent. Question mark. Okay, this one I've heard nothing about, <laughs> and maybe that's because it hasn't been confirmed. So I like don't know, I said, like none of my friends are talking about that I, one. Really caught me by I've surprise. I've seen I've seen split both ways. It's been weird, and I don't really know how to take it because I'm not 100 percent sure if it's true or not. Um, right. But that one that one completely baffled me. This is the next one. Andy Serkis as Alfred. I did hear about this Okay. One. This one seems like it's done in the bag. Um, and all the reports that I can find, this one looks like it's confirmed because I saw rumors, in talks, rumors, in talks, confirmed, 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 confirmed. Yeah. So this one looks like it's done. I'm actually okay with this. The more I, I th- like, Andy Serkis is great. So I'm totally down. I Yeah, I think, I mean, I like Andy Serkis as, as much as the next guy. I am having trouble picturing it. And I feel like when I see the movie... I'm still not going to see him as Alfred. And right. he might prove me wrong, but I just can't picture it. I'm not going to hate on the choice. And, like, I know they have reasons for casting him, you right. know, as Alfred. It's just hard for me to picture at this point. Sure. So. Um, now, the next one, this is the this is the one that really rattled my brain, too. This is the last one I got, is uh, Colin Farrell mm-hmm. as the Penguin. Yeah. I don't know what to say to that. This it's weird. It's really unexpected. This one for some. This reason. one falls in the same category as Andy Circus, where it was rumors, and then suddenly I was finding actual like confirmed stuff yeah. about it. So it's um this one for some reason I find it's easier for me to picture Colin Farrell as the Penguin than picturing Andy Circus as uh, Alfred, and I don't know why that is because that probably sounds ridiculous to anybody listening here but for some reason the Colin Farrell one didn't shake me too much when I heard about it but um I I don't know I think um there's something about DC casting that's I feel like has been going on since maybe Batman v Superman where they just 
cast the weirdest people in roles that you like well, you can never predict it and it's just like somehow it like magically works out in a weird way but when they're like yeah we're gonna have uh jesse eisenberg play Lex Luthor, you're like wait what <laughs> and then it's like ben affleck is batman wait wait what and nobody called that and then like it ends up working out like and it's i think it's pretty cool like how it ends up working out in its own unique way it, that's still it, somehow true to the comics it comes back I to like, what i said know. about you want you're casting the, you, we got to trust the casting departments yeah. Okay. Like they've steered us, they steered us wrong in the past, and we got movies like Batman and Robin. But that is like in the old guard when people didn't take it seriously, and now everyone's taking it seriously. And yeah. you have bigger actors wanting to be a part of things. I mean, look, you want to talk about the nerd culture running this planet? If you watch Captain America: Winter Soldier, you got to hear Robert Redford say "Hail Hydra." Sorry, nerds, we won. Right. You know. Uh, so look at it that way. We get the bigger and bigger people want to be in these movies. I have to trust the casting department, and ever since ever since two thousand eight, they have not steered us wrong. Once, I <laughs> I'm just I'm no, just trying to play they, devil's they, advocate. They have not steered it, since two thousand eight. They have not <laughs> yeah. steered us wrong. Um, so yeah, I just I don't know. I just feel like, and I don't know what it is like. I just feel like there's some weird art to uh, how Warner Brothers has been casting movies though, because they just pick like. They don't go with the boring choice that you see everybody do fan art of online. Like, they don't pick the guy that everybody th- wants to play Batman. They right. pick the guy nobody ever thought who would do it, but they'll find a really good way of doing that job. And I just think it's, like, really cool to watch and, like, I don't know. We'll right. see what it happens wasn't, from it here. It wasn't you know? like when they were planning on doing X-Men and they're like, we're going to do an X-Men movie, and everyone said, Patrick Stewart better be Professor X. Yeah. And then Patrick Stewart was something. And Professor I feel X. like that might have been the case where he just legitimately was the best guy for the job. <laughs> but, you know, it could have been, as opposed the same... to the casting department going, yeah, why wouldn't we make Patrick Stewart? <laughs> yeah. But then, like, nobody knew who, who Hugh Jackman was, you know, and that was yeah. just out of left field, but a really cool choice at yeah. the time as well. So, um, Well, all right. I got two more stories and then we'll move on to the list so this one's really this one's really exciting um we all know we're big star wars fans and i have talked many times about how dave filoni who is the supervising director of clone wars and the rebels um and he studied at the feet of george lucas before george's retirement so he's basically in my eyes filoni is the new george lucas yeah but he's not running the company he's not like he's He's, I'm not entirely sure what his job title is right now, but he works for Lucasfilm and he does something over there. Yeah. I want Filoni, I personally want Filoni to be the new George Lucas and just be in charge. And I think a lot of people would agree with A you lot there. of people agree. And what made me really excited is Kathleen, to find out that Kathleen Kennedy, um, uh, when speaking with Vanity Fair Exact, uh, she didn't specify how involved with each project Filoni is, but she made it very clear that when shaping the future of the Star Wars saga, Filoni and his years of experience in the franchise's values it provides an invalue, invaluable input. Direct quote from Kennedy, there isn't a thing we do in the storytelling space that I don't check with Dave. What I find out about Dave is that you just don't sit down and have a discussion about plot or review characters inside the Star Wars world. You end up having meaningful thoughtful discussions about it about what it is we're trying to say inside the story selling he has a lot of empathy that is awesome it made me so excited to read that i had to put it on tonight's show yeah because i saw the article literally right before you came over to record tonight i mean it's a cool it's a really cool quote too because it just shows like 
Filoni understands like the humanity of Star Wars, I guess, if right. for lack of a better term, and Disney values that where they're like going to consult them, and he understands that the core of the story is um, not just the characters, but like what are you trying to say thematically, I guess, and like it's not just only about action and not only about selling tickets even though like that's obviously the bottom line <laughs> but yeah. i mean i think this is really good news i think it's really cool to hear um but at the same time it's like if he's playing that important of a role why isn't he like the kevin feige of star wars right now you know what i mean right. so yeah um and that's the thing like i want like i said i just i want filoni to be way more involved than he yep. is um Okay, so one last thing, and this is this is a sad thing to uh, all kids out there, um, because there's a lot of talk in the news about video games like causing people to be violent, or you know, <laughs> right. video games telling people like you know it's gonna rot your brain, all that nonsense. China, if you look if you look at America, that's one thing, and you know our Fortnite fascinations and you know the video games we play <laughs> and everything. If you look over across the pond, over at what China's got going on, China, Japan, all them, they their video gaming habits are like eons bigger than anything America does. Yeah. Like they, they like they they televise all the like you can you can turn on the T V and watch stuff on like you there's televised game stuff on television now in the US, but not the way it is in China. You go to a sports bar in China and you're watching video game footage. You know what I mean? Like that's it's mm-hmm. like that's legit sports over there. But this made me laugh, and that's the only reason I'm talking about it tonight. China limits game time, reads the headline. Citizens under the age of 18 cannot play games after 10 p.m. and are limited to 90 90 minutes during weekdays and are allowed $57 a month in microtransactions. Oh my God! That's so. <laughs> that's so small. It's like such a short amount right. of time. Right. The Chinese government says that these video game restrictions aim to benefit the physical and mental health of minors. I, I don't know. Holy <laughs> cow! Is all I gotta say to that. Um, yeah. I that that's like to me, and I don't. <laughs> I know this isn't a political show. At no, all, it's but not. Like, but that just sounds like an authority authoritarian government like gone out of control to me where it's like really yeah. I can't play my video games for two hours a night but uh I mean I thought when you started doing this story I thought it was going to be something like ridiculous where like they're, they were going to say like oh you can only play video games for seven hours a day or something <laughs> ridiculous like that but uh no that's uh that's really interesting what are your thoughts on this um, like I think I, I just think it's like absolutely crazy that something like this would happen. The um, the limitations I think baffled me a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. I don't I don't really have to know. <laughs> it's this not is, like, much. To here's say. the thing: it's as just... a kid, oh, I played like look when I was younger, I did play a ton of video games. I'm an adult now. I get to play maybe an hour or two on the weekend. Mm-hmm. I don't get to sit and play the way I used to, so I don't have any sympathy, but at the same time, yeah. like, I understand the desire to want to, like, turn your brain off and go play a yeah. video game and escape. Another you know? big thing is, like, then this is kind of going on that tangent, but, like, as an adult, you have to be very careful which game you pick and choose because you want to spend your time playing a game, like, make it worthwhile, where when you were a kid, you, like, especially, like, on summer break, you had 
all the time in the world. You could play anything you want right. for like as long as you want. But now it's like, man, what? You know, like like you said, I have an hour or two to play. What game do I choose? Like <laughs> right. I need to make this. Work and I have. Enough. And right now I have uh, two games that I play like kind of religiously right now, and that's about it. Yeah. You know, I'm um, Jedi Fallen Order is about to come out. And that comes out the Friday after Disney Plus releases. I already have that pre-ordered and ready to go. I can't wait to play that. But it's a single story, so once I'm done, I don't know what replayability the game's going to have. Yeah. Um, but you know, as of right now, I have two games that I really focus on playing. So nice. Yeah. Which? Uh, sorry, I'm just really curious. Which games are you playing? Oh, right now? Um, I'm playing uh, Elder Scrolls Online, which mm-hmm. I love. It's a role-playing game. It's online. Um, I like I put in way too many hours on that for sure and then if I don't if I don't have time to play it I at least log in every day to get my daily logins <laughs> um, and then uh, because you get they give you stuff for just logging in so like yeah. I'll at least turn on the Xbox sign into the game once a day just to get the logins because they put some really big stuff and if you skip a day, you lose something on the back end. Yeah. Because you know what's coming. Down. You they, you get to see like a whole <laughs> month's worth. But if you skip one day, you lose something at the back of the month. And all the big stuff's at the end of the month. Okay. Um, so I just do that every day. If I can't play, I at least sign in to do that. And then um, Star Wars Battlefront has got me completely infatuated again. Really? Uh, the game came out and it had... Uh, it got some... It wasn't like the big critical smash that they wanted it to be. Yeah. And people had complaints and whining and moaning. But at the end of the day, it's Star Wars Battlefront. It's still a shooter. It's still like this tactical thing. Yeah. Over, over the time that the game has existed, they've put so many updates into the game... It's almost completely different from when it was at launch. And it's absolutely fantastic. And I'm actually like, oh, I feel like playing a shooter, and that's the shooter yeah. I'm playing. So, so I'm I'm not a very big gamer. I might have mentioned that in the past, but like so I have actually haven't played start the newer Star Wars Battlefront. I uh, when when I remember seeing like previews for it and stuff when it before it came out i thought it looked amazing graphically graphically it's beautiful well even just like complain about that the way so i was watching this demo of a guy like flying around um i don't remember what kind of ship he was in but it was in space and he was flying around between you know all this stuff and it just looked so like it looked like it should like it looked like a really cool like Simulation of what it would be like to fly like one of the starships in yeah. Star Wars, and so I was like really impressed with that. But then, you know, it came out and it got so much hate. And like, like I said, I'm not the biggest gamer, so I'm kind of outside of this. But I felt like a lot of the hate I heard seemed like it was just people whining about the issues that weren't that big of a deal. Not to, not, so. I don't want to derail this into <laughs> yeah. thinking about the game itself, but the the hate that Star Wars Battlefront got has nothing to do with the gameplay or the game itself. Yeah. It had to do with the microtransactions that hit the news very heavily. Yeah. Um, because they did some microtransactions. And you, like most games nowadays, have microtransactions. And for some reason, everyone got really angry at this game. But wasn't it like you could do well, the microtransactions or you could play long enough to actually unlock stuff? Yes. <laughs> you could do it either way. Because I don't know any game like And the you majority haven't... of the microtransactions were for... Um, the majority of it was for um, physical appearance. Like, it was all aesthetic yeah. stuff. It wasn't necessarily going to, like, make you a better player. Because I was talking to somebody what? once, and I was like... It's I, all gone now. 
Okay. All those might like they wiped it completely clean. It's just the game as yeah. is. Anything you unlock, you earn. Like it's they've like it's like it's back to like probably what it should have been at launch, but the gameplay, the visual appearance of the game, like ever the game modes, like all that stuff. It's absolutely great, and I highly recommend if you if you shied away from Battlefront because of things you just said. Yeah, and you know all the hate people said and the reviews and everything. Those all those hateful remarks had nothing to do with the actual gameplay at all. Yeah, and the people I know who actually played the game set like told me that, but then I just think it is funny how like like you said most of it has to do with appearance. And, like, people got really up in arms. And I have never played a video game that you didn't have to work to unlock things. So <laughs> and, that was, and that was where I was coming from when I was reading these articles. I'm like, um, every video game you yeah. play, you have to unlock things. Stop. What are you guys whining about? I was going to say before, like, I talked to one guy, and I was kind of, like, just kind of explaining, like, I don't understand why this is such a big deal. And I remember he told me, well, I want to play as Darth Vader. And I was yeah, like, now, okay. The, the Darth... The, <laughs> Again, not to make this about Star Wars <laughs> Battlefront, but because we're on a big tangent, we need to get to the list because we're running longer than I thought. Um, the Darth Vader Luke Skywalker unlocking, yeah. I will say in the stuff, I agreed that to unlock those characters, it it was like way too much to get them unlocked. So when they announced that they right. tapered it down, so it didn't take as much to unlock them. I think that's good. Yeah, that that was. I, that was the only complaint I saw that I thought was fair. So, okay. I, st- I still think they're a bunch of whiners. <laughs> they are a bunch of whiners. Okay, we ran. We ran way too long. So no, it's let's, all good. Uh, let's talk our list. Sounds good? Yeah. All yeah, right, so good. list time, everybody. Ryan, play the thing. And now for the top five. Okay. Uh, Peter, it's your list. Yeah. So this so is... Um, explain this to the people. <laughs> this week we're doing your top five superheroes that you think you could take in a fight. So. Um, I have... My honorable mention is actually a villain. And, um, my, and I have one of them that's a villain because I had a real hard time making this list. That's fair. <laughs> um... It's. I've actually like had a little bit of help because I was talking to some friends recently about this, and I, I just like the, uh, I like the concept of like yeah this we're talking about like comic book superheroes, most of them are overpowered, most of them have crazy stats, but every once in a while there's the, a completely useless one that the, the one in. villain I have doesn't have powers. Okay, and that's fine, and I think like. To me, like, if you're a superhero, you're dressed in costume. I hope it's a costumed villain. It is we'll a costume see how villain. It goes. But I, I do just really like the idea of, like, yeah, you're a you're a comic book superhero. You think you're, like, tough shit, but really your, like, powers are completely useless when you think about it. And I just th- thought it was a fun concept to do. So. Yeah, so let me tell you a quick thing about the one, how I approach this list. I had a, My hard time with this is, like, kept approaching this list in the way of... Every character I thought of, I'm like, well, no, because I'm just a guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I did say you could use weapons, but I wanted it to l- limit it to real world weapons. Either way, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I kept enough. thinking to myself, but I'm just a guy, and they have this power, and they like, you know, mm-hmm. and like, I th- and then I started thinking like on the Batman front, and I was like, well, Robin would wipe the floor with me, no powers or not, like. I'm like, oh, everyone over here is a martial artist at the very least. They completely destroy me. Yeah. And everyone over here, 
they don't have a lot of powers, but they're still a martial artist. So even if they were like, nah, I'll fight you fairly. No, they're not. Like, you know, it's mm-hmm. never... Um, I I completely stand... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you... So I guess it's your list, so I have to go first. I have two honorable mentions, so I could be one Why of the Why don't first you ones. do one of your honorable okay, mentions? Okay, this one is kind of going along the lines of it might not count, but... Um, <laughs> So I'm not a big, um, I'm not like a huge Dragon Ball Z fan. I've always like, enjoyed the aesthetic of Dragon Ball Z, and I watched it on Cartoon Network mm-hmm. back in the day. But I'm not like a super fan who knows a ton of the lore. But um, the uh, manga artist who created Dragon Ball, before that he did a comic called uh, Dr. Slump, which I've also never read, but it's kind of another thing where I've seen pictures of. I enjoy the aesthetic. It looks like it's cool, cartoony fun. And uh, the thing about Akira Toriyama is his name. He's a massive Superman fan. And I don't know if he's ever come out to say that. But if you go back and you watch Dragon Ball Z, you can see the Superman influence everywhere. And you can see how Goku, how he came from another planet and then he crash landed on Earth and grew up here. And he's more powerful from that. Like, that's Superman. And you can see how... um, Vegeta and like the other Saiyan characters that's like General Zod and Frieza kind of fills like this brainiac role and there's like a lot of Superman stuff in Dragon Ball Z Um, and in his previous comic Dr. Slump there's a character called Suppa Man (laughs) which is S-U-P-P-A Man. I knew how to uh, spell it. (laughs) This is a character who is just like the same thing like he comes from another planet to Earth and this guy thinks he's a superhero, but he's really just like a regular guy. And uh, he dresses up in costume and goes around and thinks he's doing good things, but he doesn't really do anything. And he thinks he can fly, but what he's actually doing is he is in the position of flying, but he's like on a skateboard on the ground and he's rolling around on the ground. And it's just a lot of entertaining gags like that. But uh, yeah, I think I could take out Suppa Man if I ran <laughs> across him. So that's my first honorable mention. All right. Uh, well, my only honorable mention, because I don't have any Suppa Mans, is, um, <laughs> is, and I know this is going to make this, I don't know how you're going to react to this, but it's Mr. Mixapitlick. Oh, okay. Well, because because here's, you know how to defeat him. Because here's the thing. You know how to defeat him. He may be a uh, fifth. Di- he may be an imp from the fifth dimension, and he might have these crazy cosmic powers that I can't do anything about, but all I have to do is outsmart him and get him to say his name backwards. Yep. So technically... Do you have any <laughs> strategies you think you could get no, him to say that? No, and I'm going to tell you why. Because, and I, I, are you caught... Did you watch any Supergirl Oh yeah, I mean I've I watched the first season. I don't know if I've watched past that. Okay, I don't remember which season he appeared in, but they did. Do I haven't a, seen. They him did on do there. a Mix of Pitlick episode. Did uh, was he played by, by uh, Gilbert Gottfried? No. Oh, that's a no, missed it, opportunity. It, it, right it, it definitely is a missed opportunity. <laughs> um, but they. Um, but yeah, no, they they did a Mix of Pitlick episode and. The whole episode, I'm thinking, how in the world are they going to figure out how to get him to say his name backwards? And it was kind of a convoluted way, but at the end of the episode, I was like, they kind of fooled me, too. Oh, cool. So it was. I was like, wow, that was clever. You I know, think that's so. a good mix, uh, Mixius Pitalik story is when they, <laughs> it actually fools you while you're yeah. reading it. It, tricked, it um, tricked me, and I was like, oh, man, that was brilliant. <laughs> is there any, like... 
tricks that he could do um, that would be like your Mixia's Pitalic nightmare. Like if he had to live, like if he came in, if he appeared and he somehow changed the world you lived in, what would be your Mixia's Pitalic like nightmare if you had to live in that world? Man, you know what? Because I, I think mine would be a uh, musical episode of Riverdale. <laughs> All of a sudden, I was living in that. That's. Um, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you answer that one for me because that is a really good question yeah. for another time. <laughs> For sure. Um, uh, what's your last honorable mention? Okay, so this one is, uh, I this is an honorable mention because, like, I don't know if I could actually take them, but it's also two characters. Okay. But uh, this is two characters that I love, and that's uh, Bluntman and Chronic. Oh. So I feel like, and Jay and Silent Bob obviously don't have any powers. I actually should have done some more research because I don't know if Bluntman and Chronic technically do. I think they're more, like, Batman characters. Like, if you watch... Jay and Silent Bob super groovy cartoon movie. I think yeah. the plot of that is like they win the lottery, so they're like, "Well, we can uh, become Batman now, essentially." But I think <clears throat> I think they're reasonable. Like you can probably take them on. Like I've seen Dogma. All they do is jump on people's backs when they fight. They're not that great of fighters. The one thing that Jay and Silent Bob do have though is they have this uh, luck factor that <laughs> like the luck factor I think would play in a lot. Where like they're not that good at fighters, but they'd somehow get lucky and end up besting me anyways. Right. They're also, I'm just thinking of this, they're really good at planning out, like, uh, like in Mallrats, they had all their, like, crazy, like, Rube Goldberg-style drawings when they were trying to take out LaFour's, like, you know, maybe I'd be out of my league on this <laughs> one, but it's an honorable mention, so right. it's okay. Um, well, so my, f okay, so my first actual pick, is now we're on actual picks yeah. now. I, because my comic book knowledge, I've read my handful of independent stuff, but my comic book knowledge really stems from DC and Marvel. So all my picks come from DC and Marvel. Mm -hmm. Because my brain was trying to think to myself, man, I can I take this guy? Can I not take this guy? Whatever. Yeah. I actually started looking up worst characters ever. Yeah. <laughs> and I got some real deep cut I'm things hoping, that made uh, me giggle. We might have matched on some of these. I'm I, this is the only super deep cut. Okay character I have, like, super deep cut. Like, you really have to know your stuff to know about this character's existence. Um, this character is, uh, he's one of the Great Lakes Avengers. Oh, nice. I didn't even tap into the Great Lakes <laughs> Avengers, but that's um, great. And it's the character Doorman. Okay, and what's now, his power? You want to know have one? Doorman has the ability to teleport, but to the other room. <laughs> cool. That's it. Yeah. The more I read about him, the dumber the character got to me <laughs> and i realized how heavily how how stupid the character was and it was either that or stone boy don't even get me started on stone boy um but doorman i was like you know what i could take him like nice. one good hit i could take him <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah. but he um, can teleport you and one other person no you could himself and one other person to the next room over. Okay. Who? Why would? And the tagline on the character. Not kidding. Why would you use a door when you have a doorman? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. That's a good good point. Um, he would come in handy if you wanted like an impenetrable prison. Like if you were like keeping somebody in like. <laughs> right. Does doorman have? He has to go to adjacent rooms. Yes. That's, does wall, so one wall room at a time matter at all? I or? couldn't tell. Okay. Yeah, um, he'd be great. At, he'd be he'd make a better villain. Than I know. Hero, to quick be side note: I know I mentioned Stone Boy. Um, this is Stone Boy is a guy who can turn himself into stone, but when he does, he becomes immovable. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, 
obstruction. I mean, it, I guess. Like, yeah, I mean, it could come in handy, but becomes, it's not like. But it's that not, but it's not like he turns power. into like a block of rock. He just turns into a stone. No, like, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Statue boy, I guess. Since you mentioned it, have you ever heard the song? You, you chose Stone Boy. No, no. <laughs> have you ever heard the song Great Lakes Avengers? No. Okay, it's this. Uh, so there's this band that I like. That's this uh, nerd rock band called Kirby Crackle. They just sit, and, you know, make rock bands about nerdy stuff. But they have a song called uh, The Great Lakes Avengers, and it's about the Great being. Lakes well, it's the the uh, like main character of the song is somebody who's trying as hard as he can to get on a superhero team and oh. it talks about like he tried to get on the x-men but they wouldn't let him and then he goes to the justice league and they said no and the only team that will accept him is the great lakes avengers <laughs> it's a really funny song it's actually one of that band's best songs so i highly recommend but well uh doorman is the deepest cut i have okay nice so. we could actually go on to probably my deepest cut uh then which is another one that you probably saw on these useless power lists, and that is uh the x-men character skin oh okay. so do you know this character not really but so I... he's he's a guy who when you look up his wikipedia page and you look at the powers that he has they try to fluff it a little bit with stuff but when it comes down to it all this guy can really do is he has like six feet of extra skin that he can stretch in weird <laughs> ways so i guess it's like he can shape it and form it into different things and it comes in handy in certain ways but i'm kind of with you like it get one good hit on, in on the guy and he's down another thing is like if you have any kind of like blade or like if i have a knife or something i feel like i could probably uh you know take out some of that skin too pretty easily so that's kind of yeah, where i'm at just... with this one <laughs> that's kind of gross yeah like it really is like it just he got the liposuction but he didn't yeah. get the flab of skin taken care of so he can like do like <laughs> pretty much that's disgusting there's a lot of a lot of these like useless characters are x-men characters which is kind of funny but I also get it because it's like you write X-Men and you need to make up hundreds of mutants. <laughs> You're going to make up some weird powers yeah. at a certain point. All right. So my next pick is this is my villain one, the Riddler. Okay. Um, the only reason I chose the Riddler is because this is, comes back to me thinking to myself, who could I take in a fight? And at the end of the day, the Riddler's not really that big of a strong character. He's not, he's not even really a fighter. He's super intelligent. So yeah, you really just have to outsmart him, and then you can catch him. So this is one of those one good punch, and you can take him down, but you have to get to him. Yeah. So if I'm if it's me and the Riddler toe to toe, I think I can take. Him. I've always seen the Riddler too as like one of those elusive sort of criminals that like I feel Hang like in his the background kind of guy. Yeah, and even like if you were a detective trying to find the Riddler, I feel like he'd be one of those characters that's like impossible to even find. Right. But once you do, like, I'm curious if it there's any take much to take. Yeah, because are there any stories that like show the Riddler as like really fast thinking with like you know kind of like spur of the moment reflex combat sort of things not or, spur of the moment and combat I, stuff. I feel like he he's more the mastermind planner who like stays yeah. in the background and hidden and yeah, stuff you, like that you so. want to read a really good story about riddler doing stuff in the background read batman hush okay that's all i nice. gotta say <laughs> <laughs> nice um spoiler alert maybe <laughs> um, um yeah, your next pick. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so <laughs> this one I kind of thought as a uh, joke, but then I have actual picks. But uh, any mystery man, like from the movie Mystery oh. Man. 
<laughs> You're like, any mystery, man. I haven't heard of that guy. But specifically, I'd probably go with the spleen, who was uh, Pee Wee Herman's character, because... I mean, most of the Mystery Men's characters or powers are pretty useless. I remember uh, Janine Garofalo had a really cool one where she had that, like, magical bowling ball that could go all crazy and take some people out. But I think the Spleen, like, his power was he would just fart and, like, he'd fart a lot and uh, his gas could, <laughs> could like, render somebody unconscious. Yeah. But then this is one where you get a gas mask and then you're good to go. <laughs> like, he's easy to take out, so. Yeah. <laughs> and it's played by Pee Wee Herman, so you're not, that's not much of a fight thing. Yeah, because another useless one is the Invisible Boy, I think it, his name was, who's... Uh, I like how this list started as, who can you take into a fight to who's the most useless? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the Invisible Boy on Mystery Men, who's played by, I think, Kel Mitchell um, from Keenan and Kel. I hope I have that actor's name right, but uh, he could turn invisible when nobody's looking. So, like, that's oh, another sure. that's another one that's, like, you'd think would be easy to take out. But he's just, like, so young and spry in that movie. I feel like he could probably get in some good jabs on me. So right. that's why I didn't pick him. Um, all right. So my next lit, my next pick, and this is this could potentially be an unpopular pick because he's got a fan base. Is it Batman? No. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't take Batman in a fight. Good Lord. <laughs> well, you said it's going to be unpopular. So No. Um, and that's Booster Gold. Okay. I know he's got a fan base. I know people like him. I like Booster Gold too. I just so if you don't know anything about Booster Gold, he's he he's he's from DC, but he is a, a former football player who's kind of like a failed football player, like his career's over. And because he's out of the spotlight and wants to that level of fame again, he has found he got future tech traveled back in time so he's in the future but he traveled back in time to our time to use his knowledge of the future and the technology he brought back with him to be a superhero Mm -hmm. Um, and he brought like a robot to keep with him that keeps track of like this floating robot named skeets that keeps track of all the events and the robot knows like oh this is going to happen you should go save those people and that kind of thing don't get me started on screwing up the timeline <laughs> by knowing, by having all that future knowledge. But at the end of the day, Booster Gold's kind of like a, uh, he's more of a ragamuffin than anything else. He's yeah. kind of the, he's the guy, like, Batman can't stand him. Like, you know, people just kind of like, oh, it's Booster Gold again. You yeah. know what I mean? So even though he's got a fan base in terms of the readers, who, who is his fan base? Like, I've never met, like, a well, massive Booster how, Gold how about fan. this? Uh, Greg Berlanti and Andrew Kreisberg, who started the Arrowverse, yeah. are massive Booster Gold fans. Okay. And that was a show that they were trying to get off the ground. Right. Well, so. I mean, so I've always been, like, like, I know about Booster Gold, and he was kind of always the guy who would show up in, like, Justice League comics and stuff, where I kind of had the same reaction, like, oh, it's Booster Gold, <laughs> who cares, you know? Right. But uh, the way you described his story just now, like, just has me thinking, like... Where's the Booster Gold movie? Because like that plot Look, makes the ide- that the origin idea. story is such a cool idea. The idea know? is sound, but yeah. he is one of those like laughable characters. And you're like, what? But that's the thing they could play the movie up for laughs though. Yeah, and it could I be mean, kind yeah. of like even like a heartwarming movie about like, oh, this guy's like a failed football player. He doesn't know what to yeah. do with and, his uh, life. And he's then... always and if you read the comics, he's always teamed up with Blue Beetle. Yeah, not. Uh, not the original, Blue the original Beetle, yeah. Ted Cord Blue Beetle, yeah. and it was always those two as a pair. So yeah, um, yeah. What Sweet. do you got? On to my next one. So this is another X Men character. Uh, I hope you remember him. It is Quill. 
Um, he was in the movies. He's the guy yeah. who has spikes that grow out of his skin. So I this character well. is like, I don't think he can shoot his spikes. I think he can just push them out. So he does a <laughs> lot of like running up to people and hugging him, hugging them, and yeah. then his spikes come out. And uh, this is one that when I was talking to my friends about this, uh, we came up with and just kind of like the joke we came up with was like, just use any weapon against him. Like it doesn't even yeah. matter which one. Just any weapon could take him out. So <laughs> yeah, and it was it's funny when you see him in uh, the first time you see Quill. I think is in X Men: The Last Stand, and he pops his like spikes yeah. in front of Magneto, like he's trying to like intimidate him. And you're like, it's Magneto. What are you? <laughs> you're not gonna intimidate yeah, Magneto. Sure. <laughs> I mean, you got to do all you can, I guess, but. Um, I'm just thinking. I bet our brother Scott is gonna get really annoyed with our list for some Maybe. reason. Maybe <laughs> he might be. He might be laughing. We haven't pulled out. I don't think we pulled out anything that he's like super a fan of. Like, That's true. Um. So yeah. All right. Um. So my next pick, my second to last pick, and I'm having a real hard time discussing who. Like this honestly came down to like two characters that I hate really bad. Like oh, wow. when you mentioned, when, like when you mentioned. <laughs> This list last week, these were the first two names. You hadn't even left the house. You had, We hadn't even stopped recording, and these are the first two names that hit, like, hit the thing. Nice. Um, so I'll go with the uh, DC one first, I okay. guess, um, and that is Vibe. Vibe. Um, like if you watch Flash, uh, Vibe is on Flash, Cisco Ramon. Okay. Um, if, you know, and he has teleportation like he has teleportation because he can like create a breach and travel through dimensional rifts and all that nonsense and they've and with the new 52 they've attempted to make him cooler but i have always hated the character he looks like wonder man to me like i've right i've I've always hated the character i've never liked the character i don't like him on in the comic books i don't like him on flash no (laughs) offense to the actor who plays him but like i can't i can't stand vibe and then if you dig deep into vibes like DC lore, he was a break dancer before he got his superpowers. Okay. And the way they talk about him being a master break dancer, okay. <laughs> it makes me want to just grab my big boom box and a piece of cardboard, hit play, and then while he's distracted break dancing, I beat him down. <laughs> okay, so that's your strategy. <laughs> that's then? my strategy. Okay, nice. <laughs> I like it. Because I yeah. was like, I was waiting for you to get to the point. I was like, how is he gonna actually take him out though? But yeah, no, I'm like just it, gonna but... distract him with some break dancing and let him do his thing. And then while he's doing it, I'll just either beat him down or do the Indiana <laughs> Jones was, uh, pull out a gun and call it a day. <laughs> when did they? Was vibe created? Like it had to be the I, '80s or '90s. I'd right? have to look it up. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely like if you look at the old artwork, it's definitely it's got to be '80s. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Back when uh, breakdancing reigned supreme, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay, so on to my next pick. So this one's a throwback. Um, I don't know if you're going to agree with me on this one or not, but I picked... Uh, well, I went with the Wonder Twins, and I went specifically oh. with Zan, who's the boy, because he has... he doesn't do anything. He has the power to turn into forms of water. Yeah. So he can turn into, like, a bicycle made of ice and stuff. The thing is, so I, <laughs> this is another one that I was talking to friends about, and do you I came wa- up Have with you watched that. Teen Titans Go? Oh, I mean, I've seen, like, the movie or the show. <laughs> the the or, television show? I've seen episodes, but I haven't seen they enough did, to see the they did an ep- on They there. did do an episode where they fired Beast Boy because, <laughs> okay. because Robin found out that Beast Boy painted a bird green. And, oh, I, I think I have and, seen and this left episode. The, and yeah. left the battle to go watch TV. 
<laughs> so they didn't know he wasn't there, and they're like yelling at this bird that's not doing anything, and then they find out he was at home watching TV that's the whole awesome. time, so they fire him. Yeah. And they end up wanting, and then the girl, the girl and the wonder twins who can turn into all the animals they were like they hired her yeah but they didn't realize that her twin brother had to come yeah with, he has but, to come but with, he yeah. only turns into forms of water yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. so he was the receptionist at titan's tower oh that's great <laughs> but the the thing when 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 it comes to the wonder twins the thing you have to remember is they have to like touch each other or whatever like wonder twins unite like they can't use their powers if they're not together right. so all you have to do is keep them apart, and I think it'd be pretty easy yeah. to take them out. Now, somebody might be a massive Wonder Twins fan and might prove me wrong. Like, well, actually, they're trained in martial arts and blah, blah, <laughs> blah, but it's still a funny pick. Like, this is a weird list, too, so I mean, just give me this one, I guess. <laughs> right. Well, you, you chose, of course, Zan yeah. would be the one. That, yeah. Um, all right, so my last one is probably my least favorite comic book character in the history of comic books. Okay. Uh, this came up when uh, our friend Bryn was on the show and we were talking about our least favorite Marvel yeah. characters. Um, this character is only useful on one day of the year, and that is the 4th of July. Um, and this character is Jubilee, the X-Men. Right, okay. She, I, she I shoots fireworks. She shoots up. fireworks out of her fingers. I hate this character so much. And unfortunately, she is one of the main focuses of the 90s X-Men cartoons, she, <laughs> which I, will be on Disney+. Plus. I knew Jubilee was going to come up, and she almost made my list. I feel like... See, I don't have a hatred for Jubilee. Oh. Sorry, that was weird. I just had something fly down my throat or something. Like, I, I can't... I've never liked I this character. I don't have a hate, hatred for her, but... This is... This is uh, Jubilee's going to, like, hold her hand up to me like she's going to shoot fireworks at me, and I'm going to Indiana Jones... <laughs> Pull the gun, done, end of discussion. Well, I think, like, if you had, like, a flame-retardant suit of some kind. I know, like, you don't. <laughs> what can she do? And, like, I do like, I think Jubilee, like, I actually do like her character design. Like, I like the 90s, like, yellow coat and stuff like that. And, like, I don't mind her character. Like, I don't have the hatred for her that it sounds like you do, but <laughs> I don't know how to make she's her in, powers useful. You she's know? in two of the X-Men movies in the background. Yeah. So, and I think it's because they don't know what to do with her. Where like, I like the idea of like them somehow making her more powerful. But I'm with you. Where like, I don't think she is. <laughs> like when I don't, when you, like, I don't even want them to, to make her like, more powerful. I just don't want her at all. Like, oh, okay, to, I, no. I think it'd be cool if Jubilee was. Like, she needs shooting. to. She needs to go the way of doorman, and then no one knows, <laughs> or the challengers of the unknown, and then we make a joke about her in an animated film, and one guy in the audience laughs. That's what I need. Like. <laughs> That's what I need to happen. That's what I think I, it'd be cool. I'd be down for By the way, her, like... in the Teen Titans Go, the movie, there was a Challengers of the Unknown oh, joke, yeah. and I was the only guy in the theater that laughed at that joke and realized, wow, I'm the only one who got that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to Comic-Con where people understand me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I Basically, mean, I, yeah. I'd be down to see Jubilee like flying around and shooting Kamehameha's or something. Like if they could make some cool stuff for her to do and like maybe expand her power base, like I think that'd be fun. But I, I hear you. Um, yeah. That could probably lead into my last pick, which you're gonna laugh when you hear this because it's such a ridiculous pick. But uh, I chose Quail Man. Do you remember Quail Man? Quail Man from Doug. <laughs> yes, Quail Man from Doug, <laughs> who is a superhero that Doug imagines himself as, which is basically him wearing a cape and underwear over his shorts and a belt on his head. And uh, I was looking it up, and Quail Man can fly, and he also has this weird, like, 
ray or something that he shoots out of his eyes, and I think the if you get hit by that ray, you're frozen. But when it <laughs> when it comes down to it, it's Doug. Like I think I could still take him out, it's, and like it's, it's not even Doug. It's not even. I mean, you could argue that Quail Man's really just in Doug's head, but if you want to like argue that you'd have to fight Quail Man like yeah. in Doug's imagination, like. Maybe he could take me out, but I still feel like I could take Doug in a fight, so that's what I'm it's, going with. So. It's Doug. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings, <laughs> us to, that brings us to the end of the list. On that note. I was not expecting you to bring Quail Man out. <laughs> this is a bottom-of-the-barrel list. It's like, crap, what am I going to do? I need yeah. to fight. And I'll be honest, out. Booster Gold and Riddler are not bottom-of-the-barrel characters. I just think I could take him in a fight. The rest right. of my list? I don't yeah. Um, all right, well... I've been think so. I had two list ideas for tonight. And I'm gonna save one until later. Um, so t- next week we're gonna talk soundtracks. Okay. But here's the catch: there's a difference between soundtracks and there's a difference between score. Score is the instrumental music that's played throughout the film and done with an orchestra with composers. Yeah. Soundtrack, for example, is all the music used for Guardians of the Galaxy. Or what Prince did for the Batman film. Or, yeah. you know what I mean? So this is movies that actually use music, um, like, with lyric music. So this is any lyric music within the movies themselves. Okay, yeah. So this is just, I just thought it'd be fun because we haven't I've, really, we haven't really talked about soundtracks. So I want yeah, to do, I I, like... in the future, I think it'd be awesome to do a composer list and, like, my favorite scores. Yeah. But... I feel I, like... We just haven't done one of these yet. So. so there's an interesting thing, because I wonder if there's... Yeah, I no, I, I like this one. I'm just like, I was getting really technical about it. Like, does it have to be lyric to music, or is well, it Well, yeah, just that's, like... the, that's the difference between a soundtrack and a score, is that But then, I be... mean, you could get technical and say some scores have lyrics, and some soundtracks have bands that are instrumental that make songs I mean, for movies. I mean, true, <laughs> but... At the end of the day, a lot of the, like, for example, when they, the, the lyrics in, like, when there's lyrics in the Star Wars score, it's a choir not right. actually singing lyrics so much as they're, like, it's a chanting choir in the background of the song or something like that. It's part of the yeah. score where soundtrack usually has lyric music they've chosen songs like guardians of the galaxy is the perfect example no yeah yeah i i know the difference or like or like or like top gun is the perfect example um yeah i'm just like thinking like i'm just trying not to go where like i find the perfect movie soundtrack and i can't think of any off the top of my head but then realize like oh well these are all like instrumental songs even though it's by a collection of different like bands or djs or whatever it is but yeah yeah, i hear you saying all right, well, that's what we're going to do next week. That's um, fun. Yeah, that's cool. It, it, this is going to be hard, but I think it'll be a fun list. So Yeah, I just realized we hadn't done one yet. So, yeah, let's let's do it. It'd be cool. Um, so, uh, that being said, that brings another episode in the can. Um, if you guys would, check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with a link to our email, um, top5report at gmail.com. There you can interact with us, or you can hit us up on the social media. Um, we are on... Uh, we are on, I'm blanking, Google, <laughs> iTunes, Play, Stitcher, Google yeah. Play, Stitcher, <laughs> iTunes, um, it, subscribe to us, please, uh, you'll, if you subscribe to us, you will find, uh, that you will not miss a single episode, you can also review us, uh, we love the five stars, but we also understand criticism, because it helps us get better, and, uh, we, and it makes the words we say feel important, um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927, 
Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I will be advertising where to buy bootleg DVD copies of the Game of Thrones Age of Heroes pilot. <laughs> uh, when you find it, let me know. <laughs> yeah. um, I want to see it. Um, so with that being said, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Thanks. Bye.